Good morning. It's Tuesday, the 5th of December and this is Govind Raj Athiraj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital. You can now join us at 6 a.m. in Mumbai, 8.30 a.m. in Singapore and 7.30 p.m. New York on all the major audio streaming platforms. And also, before we start, we are pleased to announce our partnership with the India Energy Week that starts in Goa in February 6th, 2024. And our top stories and themes for the day. Stock markets hit record highs on BJP's election wins, anticipation of lower government spending on populist schemes. Extreme weather and rains force a halt in iPhone's manufacturing plants in Chennai. More Indians are moving to financial assets, bond markets expected to triple in size in the next six years. Amazon delivers more parcels now than delivery giants FedEx or UPS in the United States. And the core reports new energy segment in partnership with the India Energy Week kicks off today. This is a core report with Govindraj Athiraj. Markets hit all-time highs. The stock markets hit all-time highs on Monday as a win by the Bharatiya Janata Party or BJP in three Hindi heartland states assured investors of political continuity in the upcoming general elections in 2024. The BSE Sensex zoomed over 1400 points intraday to hit a new record high of 68918 and then finally ended at 68865 still up 1384 points or 2%. The Nifty 50 on the other hand hit a fresh lifetime high of 20703 before closing at 20687 up 419 points or also 2%. Amongst the other broader indices the BSE mid cap also hit a new peak of about 35124 intraday and the BSE small cap index registered a new record high of 41122. So essentially the whole market went up. Like we pointed out yesterday in the morning the markets are obviously betting on continuity in the 2024 general elections now but the bean counters so to speak are actually looking beyond the sentiment and onto the numbers the belief is that the competitive populism which will now slow down is actually good news for the economy and therefore the markets also interpret it as a good thing for instance the prime minister had already announced the extension of a free food grain program by 5 years starting the 1st of january 2024 and touching 813 million poor people thus effectively stating that some 58% of india's population is poor the pradhan mantri garib kalyan anna yojana or pmgky as the program is called will cost about 11.8 lakh crore rupees over a 5 year period or a little over 200000 crores or around 24 billion dollars a year or obviously much over 100 billion dollars in 5 years So the announcement of this program and other local ones aimed at women in states like Madhya Pradesh surely helped win people's hearts and votes. The fear amongst the economists was that there would be more. Radhika Rao, senior economist at DBS told the Economic Times that post the state election results the risks of competitive populism have eased considerably, adding that the government could announce or will announce a few more incremental support measures as the country heads towards general elections. Rao also said that the likelihood of further aggressive welfare spending with sizable fiscal costs is unlikely ahead of these polls lowering risks to overall budget consolidation plans. The government had also in August for instance cut the price of LPG cylinders by 200 rupees. 
Nomira economists Sonal Verma and Arudeep Nandi said in a note on Monday, quoted by the Economic Times, that some investors were worried that a poor showing by the BJP in the state elections could increase the risk of more fiscal populism. The actual results should therefore calm such fears. However, Nomira says that they do believe that competitive populism will remain a theme for the 2024 general elections. To be fair, all parties have or had promised further cuts in prices of LPG cylinders. basic income transfers to women and an increase in transfers to farmers in the run up to the polls standard and poors in its outlook last month also noted that the government would stick close to its fiscal deficit target and consolidation path into 2526 elsewhere foreign portfolio investors have now come back to buying indian equities in force with investments worth 2073 crores in equities on monday alone and stepping up in buying in general in november Remember that between August and October FPIs or foreign portfolio investors had sold consistently as they had been in other emerging markets including China. So that's the key sentiment and analytical takeaway from the election results over the weekend which should keep the markets happy for some time with the focus now shifting more to industry or company specific stories. Gold prices hit an all-time high. Meanwhile, gold has hit an all-time high passing the previous high set during the pandemic. Gold prices rose to the highest on record at more than 64,000 rupees per 10 grams on Monday, a level which will affect demand into this year's wedding season. Bullion has surged around 15% from a low in early October. It first benefited from investors seeking safe haven following the tensions in the Middle East and then got pushed up further by growing expectations of rate cuts in the United States. and the rupee struggles the indian rupee has ended 8 paise lower against the us dollar on monday at 8337 a dollar against friday's close of 8329 while the rupee opened higher at 8326 the gain faded as local companies rushed to pick up dollars a foreign exchange trader at a foreign bank told reuters so the larger takeaway in a way for now is that the positive political news and lower crude oil prices amongst other positive factors is not helping the rupee for now oil fell after failing to hold early gains amidst sustained skepticism that the latest supply cuts by the organization of petroleum exporting countries or opec plus will turn the market's tide global benchmark brent sank towards 78 dollars a barrel after a 6 week losing run while west texas intermediate was below 74 dollars now this drop comes despite speculation that the us federal reserve is done raising interest rates which means they cannot go up further or may not go up further as we spoke earlier prices continue to fall or stay soft despite the prospect of supply cuts by these opec countries and brent crude was quoting a shade under 79 dollars a barrel overnight according to bloomberg this segment was supported by the india energy week 2024 an initiative of india's ministry of petroleum and natural gas that will run from 6th to 9th february 2024 in goa visit www.indiaenergyweek.com for more details extreme weather hits iphone manufacturing operations Taiwan's Foxconn and Pegatron have halted production of Apple iPhones at their factories near Chennai in southern India thanks to heavy rains sources told Reuters on Monday. 
Chennai, the capital of Tamil Nadu and a major electronics and manufacturing hub, including for automotive in the region, was lashed by heavy and sustained rain, which saw major flooding across the city, including at the city's only airport, paralyzing operations and leading to flights being suspended. Heavy rains were reported in north coastal Tamil Nadu and five people were killed in the state, the Indian Express said. The city is still bracing for Cyclone Michaung, expected to hit this, that's Tuesday afternoon. Several parts of Chennai were submerged in knee-deep water and residents faced power cuts. Elsewhere, the heavy rains swept away cars. Global economic losses could reach $5 trillion under a plausible increase in extreme weather events linked to climate change that cause crop failures and food and water shortages, insurance marketplace Lloyds of London said in October this year. Time magazine quoted a 2021 report from Impact's Asset Management Group saying that two-thirds of large companies globally have at least one asset highly exposed to the physical risk of climate change, with that likelihood most possibly having grown now. Extreme weather events like rains, which have been pounding the information technology and also manufacturing and electronics assembly hubs of Bangalore and Chennai, have prevented people from reaching their place of work, affecting global supply chains. iPhone vendor TDK to set up a battery plant. Speaking of Apple phones, iPhone vendor TDK will set up a lithium-ion battery plant in Haryana, India's Minister of State for Electronics and IT said on Monday. The Japanese electronics major is expected to invest between six and 7,000 crore rupees in a phased manner for making lithium-ion cells and employ around 7,000 people once it's operational at full scale, the business standard reported earlier. TDK, a leading supplier of cells to Apple, is setting up a 180-acre facility in Manisar in Haryana to build cells for batteries and several thousand new jobs will be created and an increase in domestic value addition, the minister tweeted. TDK, incidentally, began life in the 1930s in Japan as a manufacturer of ferrite, which reduced interference in radio broadcasts. But those who remember music before the digital age would and surely will remember TDK for its cassette tapes, introduced in the late 1960s. Amazon beats the delivery giants. Speaking of supply chains, Amazon.com has become the biggest delivery business in the United States, overtaking both UPS and FedEx in parcel volumes, the Wall Street Journal is reporting. UPS and FedEx are obviously dedicated delivery companies. The Seattle e-commerce giant delivered more packages to US homes in 2022 than UPS after eclipsing FedEx in 2020 and is on track to widen the gap this year, according to internal Amazon data and people familiar with the matter quoted by Wall Street Journal. The United States Postal Service is still the biggest parcel service by volume and handles hundreds of millions of packages for all three companies. A decade ago, Amazon was a major customer for UPS and FedEx. Financialization increases in India Rating agency Crystal has said that India's bond market will almost triple in size from 43 lakh crore rupees to about 100 to 120 lakh crore rupees by fiscal 2030. This means that companies will increasingly and likely borrow from lenders or investors who could be individual savers like you and me or corporations or mutual funds among others. Crystal feels that this will happen because demands for funds will increase as economic activity grows and there is an increasing or rising demand for let's say money for capex, capital expenditure which could range from businesses to, of course, infrastructure. Equally, 
there is a major financialization of the economy happening which means that more people are putting money into financial assets these financial assets will in turn obviously and perhaps go to subscribing to bonds and other instruments financialization or the process of moving away from physical assets like real estate or gold is seeing funds being increasingly invested in capital markets products crisel said adding that amongst financial assets managed investments have clocked a 16% compounded annual growth rate compared to 10% compounded annual growth rate for bank deposits in the last 5 years managed investments are now expected to continue to grow faster than bank deposits i spoke with somashekar vemuri senior director at crisel ratings and i began by asking him why they were projecting this growth in the bond market and also what were the forces of demand and supply that were working here so in terms of our focus for the bond market essentially we are seeing that from about 43 lakh crore of bond outstanding at the end of fiscal 2023 we expect that the bond outstanding would reach a size of almost 100 to 120 lakh crore by fiscal 2030 and when we look at the drivers for this we see supporting drivers coming from both the supply side as well as from the demand side so if we talk about the supply side essentially the large capital expenditure that is expected in the infrastructure and corporate sectors for example we are forecasting that ekpx of almost 110 lakh in the corporate infrastructure sectors between fiscal 23 to 27 almost 1.7 times what we have seen in the previous five fiscals and we are also expecting the trend to kind of continue so that's the kind of kpx that we are talking about the growing attractiveness of infrastructure sector for bond investors as well as a variety of investors and again here the continued push from the government on infrastructure creation which has been a very very significant focus for the central government for a very long period of time and the third supply side driver with a strong retail credit growth almost 18 to 20% from if i put both banks and nbfcs put together and this is something which we kind of expect to continue so those would be the factors from a supply side where we are likely to see market getting supply and on the demand side what we have been witnessing is increased level of financialization of savings so from a level of about 41% of gdp the managed investments industry has touched about 135 lakh crore by fiscal 22 which is almost about 57% of the gdp and we expect this trend also to continue and reach managed investments to reach about 315 lakh crore by fiscal 27 that will almost be about 74% of the gdp so all these aspects demand side as well as the supply side things will fall in place and hence support the forecast that i have right when we say that corporates and this is we're talking about corporates not other like government and so on should go or will go more for bonds this means that they would not be borrowing from let's say banks or they would be discouraged in some ways from borrowing from banks or it's just that the market is going to become so big you typically will see both bank banking system as well as the bond market coming into the play if you look at the kind of capex that i mentioned about 110 lakh crore it is driven by decadal high capacity utilization almost 75% plus which is there if you look at the corporate balance sheets they are fairly healthy when we look at a metric median gearing which is nothing but debt to equity ratio that was less than half a time at the end of fiscal 23 and when i compare that with say 6 7 years back that used to be as high as 1.1 times so clearly corporate balance sheets are much much healthy and can take on additional debt and stronger economic outlook i mean we are forecasting 6.4% for fiscal 24 and 25 and longer term almost 28% so all of these will be kind of be supportive for capex and you will see you know both banks as well as 
bond markets coming into play. I mean, obviously, the corporates will decide based on the interest rate uh, cycle, the liquidity in the market. Typically, if the interest rates are going down, the preference is for bonds, and if interest rates are going up, the preference is for banking system because usually what we see is the bond markets price the interest rates much faster compared to the banking system. Right. But whichever way the banking system responds to the current interest rate environment, you're saying that the bond market will flourish and will grow the manner in which you're saying it will grow, right? Over the next five to seven years, yes, clearly. Five, six years. Okay. So the other point on financialization, now financialization is a good thing, but how much of it is good and at what point does it become somewhat worrisome? I think very clearly when you look at the benefits of financialization, very clearly the investors can look at getting better returns. And that's what uh, typically attracts them into getting that rather than parking their money in the fixed deposits. On the flip side, if you look at it, I mean, they will be exposed to market risks. I mean, obviously, compared to a fixed deposit, if they are assured of the return and whether the interest rates go up or go down, what they see is something which is still fixed rate of interest, which they're going to get. What is typically not visible is the fact that, you know, what is the inflation level and in real terms, have you actually benefited or not? That's something which is probably not seen. So increasingly with more sophistication of the investor segment, uh, appreciation and understanding that, you know, you need to look at uh, investment avenues where you're able to beat the inflation. So those are the aspects where there is more awareness which is coming in, which is what is beneficial. But flip side, obviously, if the market risk, if you look at retail investors putting money in the bond market, the bonds, if the yields go up, the bond prices will go down. And that's something that they will need to be exposed to. And, and you know, if there is a credit default which happens down the road, they may be exposed to the risk of losing out a principal also in those instruments. So their aspects such as diversification of investments and stuff like that and, and getting into pooled investments rather than directly getting into single investment. Right, but when we say financialization, we obviously mean everything from mutual funds to stocks to insurance to, let's say, alternative investment funds and so on. The whole gamut of it, isn't it? When we look at the managed investment that I was mentioning, I mean, essentially what we have looked at it was mutual funds, retirement funds, life insurance, PMS, as well as all five segments put together, yes. And all of this finally, in a way, goes back, at least in the context of your current report, to, let's say, economic expansion by giving money or routing money to companies and businesses who will take it in the form of bonds or debt, therefore, and hopefully invest it, isn't it? Yes. So on the corporate side, it will typically be for Apex or, you know, if there are some M&A opportunities, maybe the corporate explorer for that. And on the financial sector side, obviously, you know, given the very high level of retail credit growth, which is happening, you know, to fund that, obviously, they will find it attractive to the bond market. And even the recent RBI measures where they have borrowing from the banking system a little more expensive for the NDFCs. So clearly, there will be a push towards the bond markets also coming from that regulatory measure in the short term. Right. Tomashikar, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And before we go, Spotify cuts staff. Among other international business news, music streaming giant Spotify, the service on which you might be listening to this podcast, said on Monday that it would lay off around 1,500 employees or 17% of its workforce to bring down costs after letting 600 of its staff go in January and 200 more in June, Reuters has reported. 
Many tech companies, Amazon and LinkedIn being the most recent examples, are once again trimming their workforces after major cuts at the start of 2023. That's it for me for today. See you tomorrow, same time. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn, where we usually post synopses or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including, of course, India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the core.in. And thank you once again for listening.